Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm Sal Internado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a world-class consulting firm that trains employees in sports psychology secrets that drastically improve work performance. Founder Joe Ross is retired Army. He played fullback for the Black Knights, uh, later coached for Army as a fullbacks coach, and puts that experience to use for his clients. We thank Higher Echelon for uh, sponsoring this podcast, and we're here we're welcoming our special guest for tonight, Mylon Dinga. Mylon, thanks for uh, joining us today. We reconnected th- this week and asked you to be on the podcast. And like that, bam, we, we got you on. So thanks a lot. Yeah, Sal, it's a pleasure. It's uh, been too long. No doubt. Um, we'll talk about uh, Mylon's career as an Army uh, baseball player, also um, a little bit in the minor leagues. And then he's doing something that I think is really crazy this weekend, uh, running 100 miles an ultra marathon. Through the, through the Florida Keys, is that right or no? Yeah, it'll start at the top of the Keys in Key Largo, and then it'll end um, in Key West. So hopefully it won't be too hot, but it's going to be a, a long 100 miles. That's for sure. Wow. We'll talk about that. First off, um, you know, I was going over – first off, I was going over – my daughter had dance class this afternoon. I'm in my car, and I'm going through, and I'm going through, like, uh, your career as a baseball player, and then I'm going – uh, last night I went through a couple of stories that I wrote and man, I mean, you were one of the guys who I, from freshman year, I remember talking to you for the first time. And I knew that there was, you know, personality that you had, right. You're very outgoing. It was pretty easy to bounce, you know, ideas, questions off of you. You're pretty good. One of the best interviews that I've ever had at when I was uh, covering the baseball team, no doubt. Um, how did you get to, let's get into this first. How, how about your journey to West point? How did you get there? Um, they recruited you. I mean, how did you, how did the recruiting go for you and what made you say yes to army? Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Tampa, Florida and I was a good high school baseball player. Sal, I wasn't, there were a, a lot of players who were a lot better, some great high school baseball players, specifically in Florida. I mean, one of the baseball hotbeds. Um, so actually I wanted to play baseball at Florida state, but once again, I was, only, I was good. I wasn't great. Right. I had a buddy in high school who wanted to play at West Point. And back then you filled out like an application, you know, you put an envelope, sent it in and you, you know, hoped that the coaches saw it. Right. <laughs> um, so I did that with my buddy and the army team, every spring, the army baseball team would come down to Tampa because yeah. George Steinbrenner would uh, bring them down and we'd, they would play at the Tampa Yankee stadium which is awesome by the Steinbrenner family to do. So that year, my junior year of high school, Coach Salano had come down. And thankfully, I had maybe the best game of my high school career that day. So I think that everything was lined up. Um, and so after that game, Coach Salano would call me every single week. And so – the first call, I remember taking it in and not really understanding what West Point was. Um, I was somewhat familiar with military life. My mom was a nurse um, in the Air Force, so I'd lived on on bases. We lived in Spain for a little bit, so we had I had experienced the military life, but I didn't know what West Point was. And as I said, I wanted to go play ball at Florida State, right? I mean, here I am, and at the time, I probably thought I was a little better than I was, right? I was I was good. I wasn't I wasn't that good. Um, so as Coach Salano keeps calling, I start doing my own research, and I'm like, oh, this is a really impressive place. I start looking into 
the history, start looking into um, just what it means to go to West Point. Um, <clears throat> and at the time, I also wanted to play both ways. I wanted to I wanted to hit, but I also wanted to pitch. I didn't want to make a decision. And if I had any shot at a bigger school, they would probably maybe choose one or the other. Um, yeah. So Coach Salana said, oh, you're going to get a chance to play both. Um, so I go on my recruiting visit, and I remember this on uh, on Friday night. We get in, and there is a uh, called Central Area. It's like the yeah. center of of uh, center of West Point, and the team was playing stickball. That was what they're doing on a Friday night, and I remember being like, "Wow, this is interesting! Like, this is what they do for fun." And I remember looking at. Uh, <laughs> He's a good friend of mine now, uh, to this day, Walker Gorham, who's was a sophomore at the time. And I was like, hey, so you guys like ever go to parties or what? And he's like, he just looked me dead in the eyes. He's like, this is West Point. He's like, there are no parties. So I was like, all right. But for, as the weekend went on, you could see the camaraderie amongst the, the team. Um, it was just a special bond that you could, that was really unparalleled to anything I'd, I had seen to that point. Um, and then as you go on your recruiting visit and you walk around campus and you see names like MacArthur, Eisenhower, um, Patton, right? These are names that are have helped lead, you know, some of the biggest leaders in, in America. Um, so it's, it's pretty breathtaking when you're walking around campus on your recruiting visit and you realize you're walking on those same grounds that these amazing folks have, have, have done. Um, so I came back, uh, went on a couple other visits, actually went on a visit to Navy, which um, I feel is treasonous now when I say it. But um, And I went on a visit to University of Tampa and West Point. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And, uh, I thought it was going to be the hardest thing I ever, I ever had to do, and it, and it was. Um, but I would do it a thousand times again. Um, and then as far as... You know, the career I ended up having, I was very fortunate to be blessed with great teammates. Um, and my career didn't start off that way, actually. I didn't have a st I didn't have a spot in the starting lineup. I remember sitting down with Joe um, or Coach Alano in that fall, after the fall um, season. I didn't get one hit in the fall season. Wow. I was over. Um, and I was throwing like 82 miles an hour because after Beast, you just – your arm isn't there. And uh, – I remember we sat down and, and Coach Salano was like, hey, the only spot open is left field. He's like, but it's not yours. And he basically said, you're a jack of all trades, master of none, because I was trying to figure out my groove. So season starts, we opened up at UTSA, and I start off, I go 0 for 4, I think the first game. I don't play the second game because I was going to pitch, and I go 0 for 3 to the third game, so I start off. 0 for seven, yeah. so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna play. Uh, the next weekend, someone had hurt their leg, and we were going to UMBC. Ended up um, having a good weekend. I think going like six for eight with a couple of doubles. And since that point on, I was able to crack the starting lineup. So I'm very fortunate. Wow! And the, the first I was looking, I was looking at the stats. Right, first thing I saw was in your four years at West Point. Your, your, the teams that you were on won 131 games. 
I mean, that is a, that is a lot of success that you guys were able to have. It's, I know the first two years, right? You were able to go to the NCAA tournament, and um, you got to play Florida State, right? Yeah, we did. So I would, uh, when I look back to my probably my, my fondest memories of the baseball team, would probably be that second year in the in the Florida State Regional. So my freshman year, we went to the LSU Regional. And that was our first time making the regional tournament. And we went in there thinking, we didn't really know what to think. We're going into LSU to Alec Box Stadium. Um, and LSU, they were good. They, they were much better than us. We had our best pitcher on the mound and Nick Hill. And they they pounded us, right? So we the next day, we played College of Charleston. We lose two to one. The next season, we open up at College of Charleston. We go over, lose three games lose two games to Duke. And then we hit our stride my sophomore year in 05. And we start, I, I don't recall, but I want to say it was, there was a, there was a winning streak there of, of, of a decent amount of, of, a lot, of a lot of games that season. So then we get, we win the Patriot League championship and our bid is to the Florida State Regional. Um, and so that's interesting too, because I had wanted to go to Florida yeah, State. Yeah. Um, and I actually knew several players on the team um, at the time, Shane Robinson was the college baseball play player of the year. He was their center fielder. We had played high school baseball together. Actually, an ex-girlfriend I was dating at the time. Her brother was like the backup catcher. There was a lot of uh, yeah. folks from Tampa on the team. Um, but we walked into that regional sound. We we thought, well, we had already been kind of been exposed to the fire the previous year. Right? Like we went into LSU, kind of were overmatched. But we went into this FSU regional Florida State was the the one seed. Auburn was the two seed. Um, South Alabama was the three seed, yep. and we were the four seed. And we, I don't want to say we felt disrespected, but we felt we were were a really good team. I mean, we we looked at um, Florida State, and Florida State wasn't an LSU. They were kind of more of a small ball team, and we had Nick Hill going for us. We had, I mean, Nick Hill is as good as they get. So. We're, we have a, a pretty good feeling that we're going to win. We can we can win this game. Um, so that was so. I remember the first inning. I think I got a base hit. Nate Stone drove me in. So we're up one nothing. They come back and score. I think Shane Robinson. He got on on a walk and then stole second. He scored. So it's one one. We're going into the second. Cole White, one of my one of my best friends yeah. to this day. He was hitting in the nine hole back then, um, and he hit. He hit a mammo shot to left field to make it 2-1. So now we're up 2-1. Uh, we give up another run in the second. So it's 2-2 going into the late innings. And then we try to backdoor pick. I remember at third base because I was in left field on, on their catcher who was going back into third. Hit off his back. They score. They end up winning 3-2. Yeah. I mean, we, Sal, we actually had a shot at the end of the game. I, I actually hit a ball into the six hole. Um speed was never my strength. He backhanded it, threw me out at first. Um, I, if I could have run a little bit faster, maybe we'd had a, a shot there. But we lost 3-2. So then we go into the next game, and we're playing South Alabama. And now we have Justin Kashner on the mound. And Justin Kashner, I mean, you talk about a bulldog, ultimate yeah, competitor, a guy yeah. you'd, follow it, you'd follow him into hell. Like he, he's, a, he's a winner. So he throws um, – he throws a really good first part of the game. And then Monty Jones comes in. Monty Jones is kind of an underrated, one of the 
better middle relievers I think we've ever seen at Army. Um, he comes in for a couple of innings, and then I come in to close it out and get get a save. Um, and we we beat South Alabama eight to five. I mean, this is our that was kind of our shining moment to win our first game in uh, in a regional. So that was a pretty cool moment. And then the next day we got we were a little overmatched with Auburn, um, but we uh, that that was a, a kind of a coming to I think showing everyone that we were here to stay our program. And then from then on, there's been guys much more talented than me that have come through the program. Well, man, I was looking through like the like the career marks. You're 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 right up there on a lot of all time lists, My, Mylon. I mean, you are up there in career triples, right? Fifteen career triples. You're up there. Um, uh, that, so that's because there's a lot of wind on the Hudson Valley that kind of just pushes it, just pushes the ball around. Man, you talk about not having speed. Come on, uh, fifteen career tri- triples. Yeah, no, I, I think it really is a Hudson Valley wind. I think the right fielder would kind of get turned about, and then I would just keep running. Um, but your your second in career hits at, at West Point, third in career runs. You had a twenty five game hitting streak your junior year. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, that would have been 06, maybe. Yeah, um, it was a good run. It was, we had a yeah. good run, but I mean, it was it was all possible because the, I mean we had some. I had some oh. great talent around me. Um, and I would say a lot of that too, Sal, would be the upperclassmen. I, I think, and if you talk to other Army athletes, and I think even other collegiate athletes, of having upperclassmen who want you to succeed and kind of put you in positions to succeed, you have that good mentors. So we had class of 04, my senior, my, my freshman year. Our, the senior was Wes Bumgarner. He was the only senior. Then we had 05, which you go down the list there. You go Skyler, you go uh, Walker, you got Scott Kamarmi, kind of the, the backbone of, of our yeah. team. Um, and then you go into 06. I mean, there was kind of pitcher heavy. But you had Monty Jones. You had um, some other players in that class as well. Um, so I think a lot of it is attributed to those guys paving a pathway for us. Yeah, you look at what Nick Hill, um, Skyler Williamson, yourself those are those are major league uh draft picks on that team um you had a couple ca- uh cashner or no cashner was yeah cashner was 05 yeah 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 i don't know if he i mean he was a he could he could, oh no, did, he, did he play no he didn't he would have done well um i don't know why he didn't get a shot but yeah. he would definitely would have been done well i mean he was the ultimate competitor I remember doing a story, and I think this was part of it, uh, a day at the ballpark where I did kind of a breakout story, and I had, like, each position and the guy, like, what was, like, the walk-up song of each guy. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the most the be- more fun stories I've ever had writing, to be honest with you, because it was just different. It was a different way to look at it. It wasn't so much words. It was kind of more like, you know, personalities and what you guys were all about. What was your walk-up song? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually remember that article. It was, uh, I saw it the other day. Where did I see it? I was in, I think Walker Gorham had it in his, his little office really? up in I was North Carolina. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere, but there. Um, so my walk-up song, a lot of people would change their walk-up song. I, believe it or not, was fairly stu- superstitious. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I kept the same one. And I mine was Explosive by Dr. Dre but it was just the instrumentals. Um, 
So I'll pull it up on my phone before we get done here. And then, uh, but some people change their song every every year. Like uh, Cole White would change his song every year. Um, you know, but you know what's weird. I remember Skylar Williamson's song. Something I got my fives on it or something like that. Yeah, I got five on it. Yeah, I got five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember still to this day writing that in that in that story. It was just like. That was a great because it also I was able to show like, hey, Babe Ruth, you know, there was a ball hit here on on the library. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the history of playing at Double Day, right? I mean, holy cow! I mean, the history of West Point overall. Um, when you really start to dig into it, and you kind of, I think you're able to do it when you come back post graduation. When you're there, you're so you're so caught up in the moment. And by that, I mean, you're trying to advance to the next day. I mean, it's almost groundhog every day, groundhog day. And you're just trying to make sure you get through this day and the next day. When you come back for a reunion and you, and you see what a beautiful place it is, but also how much history is, was made there. I mean, George Washington deemed it the most strategic post in the revolutionary war. I mean, and there's a George Washington on a horse and, in front of um, in front of the mess hall, um, yeah. But after, I mean, the double day field. Go back. I mean, the inventor of baseball. I mean, if you, yeah, depending on who you who you listen to. I mean, Abner Doubleday, West Point grad, invented baseball. Yeah, and you know what? It's a, it, you know the the seating in the stadium, right? I, I the number eight hundred and eighty comes to mind. That it wasn't like a big big as far as capacity, but I mean the way you guys had the things rolling there, I mean, you would probably get some decent crowds on the weekends for you guys. I, I imagine. Right. Especially cadets coming down stuff too. Yeah. We had, I, I don't know how many the stands held, um, yeah. but you, I mean, sounds like you had a, you, you knew 880. I'll go with that. I'll take, I'll take that number. Um, but it felt like a lot more. We had such a loyal, um, I want to say fan base, but really just a friend base. I think it it go it went to show of how great a people the, the the guys in the team were that we had such a great friend group. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a four year stretch there where on that first base side there was a little section there. I don't know if you remember, and it would be filled from the first seat all the way to the top section of hecklers. Um, and I know because my my roommate uh, Matt Vargas, who played sprint football. He he was in the promo. But, yeah, uh, he promo he was one yeah. of the he was one of the ringleaders. Um, and uh, you know it was so big. I mean, I had I would have friends that came up from like Tampa. One of my buddies, um, my buddy Nello, came up and he sat with everybody. Like it, it was like a thing to do to be there. I remember that. To um, be honest with you, I remember that when I, I I would cover games up there. And you know, I I can only imagine what the hecklers were like when Navy was in town, right? When Navy when you guys were playing Navy. Yeah, I don't. I uh, when I was there. We are fortunate to get the star every year. I mean, so if you look mm-hmm. right this this year, yeah, uh, that has four stars on it, yeah, and that's a an Army A. Um, and so we we beat our record against Navy was fourteen and three. So we are fortunate to uh, wow. to, to that's domination um, right there. That's domination. I mean, yeah, and so I mean that's also a big. You know, you look at um back on their career that was a, a, a proud moment for us too and you know it's good to see the football team it's um you know we're getting back on track here i mean we me and a group of guys we all go to this the game together we got buddies of buddies now guy 
uh, we got Nick. Nick lives in Philly, or and then one of his buddies um, comes to the game. One of Cole's buddies comes to the game. Um, so it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a there's that camaraderie that goes on. Yeah, I mean, just just a couple more things about baseball. Um, as far as West Point, I mean, you talked about like we're we're going through names here. I mean, it was just a a great, like you said, a great group of guys. I mean, they were super easy. I remember. I love going up to practices, watching and even games afterwards, and talking to you guys. You had well, Kyle Scoggin was also a guy that w- was pretty was really good. Oh, yeah. stop on that team, Nate Stone, right? You talked about Nate Stone, right? Yeah, I mean those guys were great. I remember Sal during during Beast going into your plebe year. I came to West Point and, and I was talking. I was recruited to play shortstop and pitch. Once again, um, my feet weren't that quick, so. So I didn't. I was trying to play shortstop, but I remember I, I was in. I took a quick cat nap before we went out to the field, and uh, Kyle Scoggin didn't take a cat nap. He was already just he was taking ground balls, and um, I remember Coach Salano walked in. He's like, "Do you see what? Do you see what Kyle Scoggin's doing?" And I was like, "Yeah, I see that." And at that point, I realized that when I watched Kyle taking ground balls, I was like, "You know what? He's he's probably going to be our shortstop." Um, for the next four years, I got to find somewhere else to play. We didn't talk. We didn't touch on your uh, pitching at uh, when you go closing games. You talked about you did get a chance to close against South Alabama. Um, Twenty-seven career saves is still tied for the most in West Army baseball history. Um, now, when you were in high school, I, I, I that were you were you a closer? Or were you pretty much a starting pitcher? Yeah, in high school, um, mostly started. I mostly started and played some shortstop. Um, how do you do, how do you get into that mold of being a closer? I mean, one of the best that Army's ever had, and I certainly re- remember a couple games that you came in and were pretty dominant. I mean, how did that? You said you were throwing eighty two, you know, as a yeah. freshman in the fall, but then you, that eighty two turns into what you know. I mean, I guess you were dialing up a little bit after that. So yeah, it's weird how beast, uh, or, you know, the basic training affects everyone's bodies. Mine, it took me a while to recover, but I was probably throwing 82, um, maybe 83 in the fall. Um, but when I came home over Christmas break and I think I got some of my mom, my mom's cooking, you know, I got some rest. Um, I came back and I was able to, you know, get in the, probably the high eighties, low nineties. Um, and so it was just what the, the starting lineup had always, I mean, the starting rotation was already kind of set. I mean, we had Nick, we had, um, we had Justin Kashner. We had uh, Dan Capello. We had Wes Bumgarner. Yeah. Um, but the bullpen was – they're still trying to figure out the bullpen. I and mean, we had we had Wade Greenlee. We had Dan Pluff, Monty Jones. We had to, we were trying to figure it all out, and I got an opportunity to, to come in and close. And actually where I think I kind of paved my way was we actually went down to play University of Florida my freshman year, which was also big for me because – I knew some people on the team and, you know, Florida kid coming back home. And um, I don't remember what Florida was ranked. I want to say they were, I know they were a top 10 program at the time. And we came in, I remember Wes Bumgarner was on the mound and he had this dirty changeup that he, I mean, he was just, he just dicing up University of Florida. I think he picked off too. He had a great pickoff move. He must've picked off, I don't know, three to five people. It was impressive. It was an impressive showing. And Florida wasn't expecting that, right? Florida was expecting yeah. this team from the Northeast. We'll beat up on them a little bit. Um, 
But I remember that was the team that Matt Laporta was on. I don't know if you remember his name, yeah, Matt sure. Laporta. Yeah. Um, and I was able to come in and close out that game. And I think at that point, I, I kind of slid my, solidified myself as um, kind of in that closer role. And yeah. so from then on out, every time there was a close game, I would come in. Um, and I would come in from left field because I was usually playing left field. Um, but I, I really – I loved coming in to close the game. I mean, I loved hitting, um, but I think there's something exhilarating about the pressures on you and everyone's looking to you. You have to come finish, you know, you come finish this game and, and close it out. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed um, coming in to close games. And, and it would not, and I go back to it, Sal, but as we got going, like in that 05 season, I mean, our bullpen kind of unsung heroes is that, from when the starter came out to the ninth inning, I don't. There was a scoreless streak there mm. where like Wade Greenley would come in, Dan Pluff, Money Jones, and really just kind of serve it up to me. So I just tried not to mess it up. You know, what I mean that was that was, that was my big thing. I was like, these guys have already set this table, so let me see what I can do here. Yeah. Hey, if you you're watching uh, live with us on the on the stream, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to post them for Mylon and myself um let's get into a little bit about um your your minor league career you know you get you, you get drafted right you go in the 10th round to the angels um i guess that's a call like every baseball player's wait waits for right do you remember what that that day was like for you yeah i mean that is i, I remember exactly i actually went to my brother's house uh my brother lucas and, and his wife lauren they um were living up near Orlando and I went there because they didn't, my parents had dial up and they had regular internet. And back then the draft was on the computer. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, as far as I think the, one of the, one of the most, um, the best days of my life was graduating West Point, May 26, 2007. And then I would say the close second would have been getting drafted um, because you've worked all your life for this moment. And you don't know if it's going to happen. People, I played in the, you know, played um, in some summer leagues in the Cape Cod League and had a good run at Army, but you still don't know if you're going to get drafted or not. It's kind of up in there. Um, but that year, the the first day of the draft was on TV, and I knew I wasn't going. And I think it was the first two rounds, yeah. um, maybe first three rounds. I thought Nick Nick was going to go early. I thought he was going to go real early. Um, and I remember the Angels called me and they said, he said, who's the best player you ever, you ever there was this, he said, hey, Mylon, it's, uh, I forget who the GM was, but he said, who's the best player you ever, you ever got out? I was kind of thinking, I, I was like, I, just, I think I said, uh, Justin Smoke, uh, Justin Smoke played in the big leagues. He's like, what'd you throw him? And I was like, I threw him a changeup. And he goes, what did he do? And I was like, he grounded it back to me. And he's like, all right. He goes, we're going to take you in the end of the six. I'll talk to you later. And so I'm like, well, first of all, then I'm going to get drafted. Second of all, now I'm glued to the computer cell. I'm looking. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking six rounds coming. Okay, seventh round's coming. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'm not going to get drafted. I have no idea. Um, so then we go into the ninth round, and the Yankees called, and they said, Hey, would you sign for ten thousand dollars with the last pick in the tenth round? 
And I'm thinking to myself, Sal, I would sign for a cheeseburger <laughs> in any round. So I'm like, yeah, count me in. So yeah. now I'm like, okay, well, hopefully I'll get drafted um, this time by the Yankees because they had the last pick because of the, you know, how the draft order is with how they did the previous year. Um, and then I saw my name come across. The Angels um, took me in the 10th round. And uh, I remember I was actually making some wings in my brother's kitchen. And my agent at the time was actually, he was actually a law teacher at West Point, a guy named Ryan Alger, great guy. Hmm. Um, he had screamed, we had the speakerphone on and he screamed and I ran back over there with a wing in my mouth. I looked and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so that was a pretty cool day. And then um, that, was a, that was a pretty good run. Yeah, and I guess, um, I mean, at that time, right, with Army and professional athletes, you had the alternative service option and, you know, football and and even with baseball. I mean, but you knew pretty much what what kind of you were signing up for with that, right? That you were going to – that you were going to get it. you got a chance, but then there's a possibility that that chance may not be a long-term deal or how, what was what was that like? Yeah, that's um... – it was interesting time. So you don't go to West Point to try and play a professional sport. If you do, you, you probably should go somewhere else because you're, you're working on six hours of sleep. Yeah. Your priorities are, you know, sports are coming down here. You got academics, you have your military. Um, so I, I, we were fortunate. Nick, I, we were, I was fortunate to kind of mature later on. So I was able to throw the ball harder, you know, as I, as, as I got from high school to college. Um, but there was no real avenue as we started to progress. And really, you saw what I was trying to do was, I mean, Nick flourished and he was, you know, one of the best pitchers in the nation. So I knew that if I could yeah. at least, maybe I could close out one of his games. I knew scouts would be there to see him. So if I could just stay close to Nick, I might be able to, uh, to uh, get noticed. Um, but if you remember at the time, the Olympics was getting rid of, of baseball. Yeah. So early on, the thought was, well, you might be able to do the world-class athlete program. So I'm not sure if you're, if you're familiar yeah. with the world-class athlete yeah. program. Yeah. Um, but when they took it out of the Olympics, there was no more world-class athlete program for baseball. Um, and at that time, I know you had, uh, you had uh, Josh Holden on meet. You had Josh on. Yeah. Um, and so he was the first one to do the Army Alternative Service option, and so he kind of paved the way of what it would what it would look like. Um, and then Skyler did it, but looking back on it, it was very unfair to the the athlete, you know, the cadet athlete, and really the military because it was kind of you were either on one side of the fence or you weren't. Like either you thought they'd go play or not go play. Um, and so. Look, you know, for me and for Nick and for anybody else who got drafted during that time, you're just happy to get drafted and get a chance to go try and pursue your dream. Um, I think what they've done now is smart. And from my understanding is they can get drafted, but everything gets put on hold. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then you can go back and serve afterwards, right? Yeah, you know what, too? Back when you were drafted, right, This would, the alternative, alternative service option was just an Army policy. It wasn't across the board with Navy and Air Force. So then you got Navy and Air Force complaining, why are these guys able to go? And we, you know, they were 
pretty strict in not letting their athletes basically. They were strict on wanting the two to five, you know, from their grad graduates. So now it's across the board for all three service academies. And I think that's also no doubt it it puts people in a better situation now too, because now you're not going to get the, because I know for a fact that when Caleb Campbell was going through all that in football, Navy was complaining to to as high up as they can go. And basically that's kind of what got Caleb pulled to a point from the lions. And then what does he try to do? He tries to become a bobsledder, you know? So uh, yeah, I wasn't really sure what happened there. It was very interesting. I don't know. Did he ever make it as a bobsledder? Nah, he never did. No, but uh, you know, um, but I mean, he, he, he got, got, I think he worked out in Lake Placid uh, for a little bit, but um, yeah, but now like um, you look at, I see, um, you know, just being on social media, I see there was a, a, an army goalie from a hockey goalie from a couple years back. Um, you know, putting up some good numbers. I see Dom Franco, a hockey player that graduated, I think last year, um, he's playing for the Rochester Americans. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's the Buffalo Sabres uh, highest level. He's scoring like he has at least four goals this season, his rookie year. So I mean, wow. yeah. And then you look at the guys, the army football guys. Right. And um, I'm trying to think right now, uh, Cam Op, I believe is in, in minor league baseball. Um, he was army pitcher, um, maybe graduated a few years back. Um, so there are some guys still out there trying to do it. Yeah, and, the center fielder. Uh, I can't think of his. Oh name. yeah, uh, um, Her- Her- Jacob Herdebees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's playing right now. Yeah. So that, that's awesome for him. I hope he um, is able to continue with it. Yeah. So I mean, there's guys out there. So that that's good to see. Um. um so what, yeah, it was interesting. What, I mean, with because that's when when Caleb got drafted, that's when everything came down on Nick and I. And yeah. They were, you know, where they said, "Hey, you can't finish your second season." Um, but like I said, I'm glad they changed the program, Sal, because when we went through it, it kind of left the cadet athlete in no man's land. Or I'm sorry, the, actually the officer when you graduate, because yeah, yeah. we still were getting promoted from first from the second lieutenant to first lieutenant to captain. But we weren't doing traditional Army jobs, right? So mm-hmm. next thing you know, if, if you don't make it in two years in sports, right? So you have two years you're playing, you don't make it. Well, now you're a first lieutenant and you haven't really done any traditional army time. So you're kind of in no man's land. Yeah. So it really wasn't beneficial for anybody in my eyes. Um, I think what they're doing now, if they're going to allow kids to play, just put your your service time on hold and say, hey, when you get done, you have to serve your five years. Because yeah. at that point, they'd hopefully be even better leaders. I mean, they've been exposed to more things. Um, that would be my, And I think they're doing it now. Yeah, the argument was always like, you know, the how much of a, a, a public like, you know, the athletes getting out and being professionals and how much that would help the image of and the recruiting of the service academies. Right. And maybe yeah. draw more, more, um, yeah, who knows, more athletes or more prospects, whatever, to the academies. Um, and I think you look like a guy like Ali Villanueva. Right. I mean, he's served his time. He's totally different. He served his time as a ranger. He's and a freak. Is, He's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just that's an incredible story. And oh, yeah. I mean, I talked about this with, uh, I believe, Ross Tucker last week about you want to point to anybody as how it should be done. Uh, it's Ollie, right? I, I just the, the type of type of officer he was and the type of a pro he is now. And uh, it's a great example of what what it you know what it should be. You know, 
to a point, not what you guys had to go through. Cause I could imagine like, just, you know, being in that situation had to be tough. So, and then, and then what was it like when you got, they kind of pulled you? I mean, was that like, okay, well, I guess this is it for me. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to go focus on my military, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of uncharted waters cause you weren't really sure. So I came back to West point. I was going to Fort Bragg, but at this point I was already a first Lieutenant. So I hadn't done like traditional, um, I hadn't been a platoon leader or done really anything. Um, so, but before I, before I, well, I went to go see the do- doctor about my shoulder and he said, Hey, let's operate on it before you get to a, your line unit. Um, Long story short, it's ended up having three shoulder surgeries. Well, two more, two shoulder surgeries while I was in the army. Um, and so what I ended up doing was, and once again, I was kind of in no man's land, was I was very familiar with, we had a department called the Center for Enhanced Performance, which is where Joe Ross is kind of taken now with higher echelon um, into, the, I think, the private sector. Um and I knew uh, the department head there, Colonel Olson, awesome guy, and then uh, Major uh, Doug Chadwick, mm-hmm. uh, I think '96 football player. Yeah, yeah. And they allowed me to come teach in the Center for Enhanced Performance for a couple of years oh, wow. while I was rehabbing my shoulder. So it was, it was. It ended up as most things do, right? If you work hard and do the right things, things will work out. I was able to mentor a lot of cadets, and I think hopefully impart um, some wisdom. You know, while I was teaching them. Um, so I spent most of my time teaching at West Point, which is um, pretty wow. interesting. I never, I mean, I, I, you would, I, I never would have guessed this is how my career would have ended up. And then um, ended up getting out um, at about five years. Um, so it was a unique path. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, it was, um, it was a, a phenomenal experience, but it was definitely a unique path. No doubt. And what, so once you left West Point, what was, what was your life like after that? And what, what, what are you currently, currently up to now? Um, well, one, you know, one great thing about West Point, um, well, one of the many great things I should say is the network of, of individuals. Um, and I think it stems back to kind of what we were talking about earlier about why you come to West Point and when you get there, you see there's a bigger picture. Um, the camaraderie amongst you and your classmates, um, there's a special bond there. And then that bond, I think, gets even more solidified when you get to on, a, on an athletic team. But the beauty of West Point is you could be the star quarterback, you could be a valedictorian, or you could be somebody who just got into West Point, like just barely got in. But when you get there and you go through basic training and you start your journey um, to become, you know, a commissioned officer, everyone goes through the same trials and tribulations. So your man to your left, man to your right, you're all going through the same, the same suck, if you will. Um, and so, you know, your first two years, you're going through the same core curriculum, you're going through everything the same. And then you have your honor code, a cadet will not lie, cheat, steal, or tolerate those who do. So I firmly, that weeds out some of those, you know, not, it weeds out the, the, the rotten apples, if you will. So everyone who graduates, 99.99% of people who graduate are just phenomenal human beings, and they've all gone through the same trials and tribulations. And where I'm going with this is me being a 2007 grad, I can go into the Publix down the street and run into a 1987 grad. Hmm. And we can pick up 
like we've known each other forever because we have so many common things to talk about. I mean, we've all taken physics one, physics two. We've all um, had to go through and do the IOCT, all these small things that um, are really tough at the time, but what they do is they just continue to build your character. And so um, that kind of, as you get out and you're not really sure what you want to do, um, that's when you start to rely on that network. Um, and so what I did was I reached out to every single Army baseball player that had ever played at Army. Hmm. I made a spreadsheet because all I knew was Army. I had my mentors in the Army, and then I knew some guys who played pro ball. Yeah. Um, well, pro ball was done. I wasn't able to play, and my shoulder was all messed up. Um, and it wasn't sitting in the Army, well, partly because my shoulder as well. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I reached out, and I, I just called them. I called them. I sent emails. And everybody who I believe read the email or got my call responded back. So we're talking wealth management, oil and gas, um, medical device, basically every industry there is. Mm. And so then I just started picking the brains of all these folks. Like, hey, what do you do? How do you like it? Can you tell me about a day? What advice would you have for me? Um, and so I was able to leverage the West Point you know, experience and also the Army baseball experience. So it kind of had that bond. And pretty magical that all of those people responded back, right? And they, and so what ended up happening is I gravitated towards the medical device arena. Um, and I had some buddies, some younger, some grads who had gotten out before me and they were doing that. And so I got into the medical device um, world. I worked for a startup and then Johnson and Johnson and then um, took some time off, went and traveled the world. So. No, consider no. myself a tribe. I've been, I've been to 43 countries now trying to wow. trying to see the world. Um, and then I got back in with a company called Medtronic, big medical device company. And then most recently um, at a company, Converge Medical Technologies. We do, uh, we have a, a, a two back devices to strengthen and recondition the low back muscles and the, and the neck muscles. And things are going really well. So I manage from like Richmond down to Florida. So I'm wow. on the road quite a bit. Um, so think life is good as far as on that side. Um, so, um, that's kind of what I'm doing now. And I, I'm actually, I live down the street from my brothers. I have two nephews and a niece and, uh, they're getting a, at that fun age where, you know, they're starting to get into sports and it's just, you know, it's, it's a great time to be around them. I mean, my, my middle nephew is a phenomenal football player. So he's going into his sophomore year. So I'm hopefully he's listening to this and he, and I'm always trying to brainwash him to hopefully one day he'll wear the the black and gold and be yeah. playing um, at West Point. But um, we'll have just, to get his what, name, we have to get his name out there. Yeah. So if Coach Munkin or let's maybe Vidi, Vidi was there when I was there. Yeah. Tyler Dinga, Tyler Dinga. And uh, he goes to Bishop Moore. In uh, in Orlando, Florida. That's a good but, program too. Yeah, they. Um, I think there's a kid going to West. I think a lineman going to West yeah. Point uh, from Bishop Moore. Charlie Rolnick. Maybe I have the pronunciation uh, wrong. Um, is that who it is? Yeah, R O L E N C. Yeah, Rolnick. Yeah, he's going oh, okay. to West Point directly. Yeah, directly. He'll be on the team uh, coming in the fall. Um. Yeah. No, it's, it's exciting and. I, I say all that 
Um, because West Point to me changed my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, I would do it, it was the hardest thing I ever did, but I would do it a thousand times again. So, um, you know, it was, it was awesome that baseball and all that worked out, but the relationships you build at West Point, what you learn there, um, you know, and not just the relationships amongst your classmates and your teammates, but it's a truly special place with, you know, you get to know folks who work there. I mean, yeah. some of my, some of my, um, when one of, a family that's actually my dear, dearest friends, Billy German and Carrie German. Billy runs all the facilities. Yeah, grab a civilian. Yeah. Yep. Carrie um, works at Gold Coast, runs Gold Coats, um, civilian. I got to know them my freshman year because of some of the upperclassmen. Um, and I've they've become, I mean, they're the most selfless people, some of the best people on earth. And, um, you know, I've seen their kids now grow up. Their oldest daughter is about to graduate college. Their son's graduating high school. But you just build these relationships with phenomenal people. I mean, they're just the most amazing people on earth. And even us, I mean, I enjoyed our, I mean, it was just small interactions with the really good people, right? I yep. mean, um, and then, you know, the faculty there at West Point is, they're all looking to make sure you succeed. And that's kind of how, to, not to segue into Johnny Mac, but that's how I got involved with Johnny Mac was one of my mentors. Yeah. Um, wow. You have an inter interesting weekend coming up, no doubt. We talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. Now, what... Um, now it's for a great cause, right? And we'll we'll talk about the Johnny Mac Soldiers Fund in a few minutes. But what? I mean, I I, I tried. I've been trying to pick up running a little bit here, Milan. I I do like a. It's more of a jog than a run, and I can get to five miles, and then I pretty much will, will conk out, right? Um, you're doing a hundred miles this week in a uh, an ultra marathon. Um, how do you, how do you even like make that decision to do it first, and then? What's your training been like to prepare for something like that? Well, it's it's been a lot of running. But, uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of time on feet. I calculated since I decided to do this the end of January. So it's about three months of run over like 600 miles. Which, um, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to conquering this 100 miler and just maybe relaxing for a week. Um, but how I got into it, you know, it's funny you say that, that you don't like running more than five miles. I was never a huge runner. Um, prior to a year ago, I had done one marathon. And okay. uh, my old roommate from West Point, Matt, he was getting back from Afghanistan. And I had, um, it was like through work, I had signed up this marathon, but I had signed him up as well. And he had just got back from Afghanistan. Um, and I, I picked him up from the airport at the Raleigh Durham airport. And um, I was like, Hey, we're doing a marathon in um, two months. And he's like, what? Anyways, long story short is we ended up pushing through and uh, with terrible time, but we did a marathon. So I was like, okay, that's my marathon. I can check it. I can check it off um, the list. And then you remember Nick Hill, yeah. arguably one of the greatest, maybe arguably the greatest army baseball player of all time. Right. Yeah. Well, Nick now has gotten into running um, and Nick is one of my best friends. And so Nick had done an Ironman. Um, he had done a 50 miler and being the competitive guy that I am, Nick had done a 50. So I said, I'm going to try and do a hundred. Uh, 
and so part of that too is as i looked into it um they say on a hundred mile race you test the limits of the human soul you so you really test who you are and so i'm looking forward to on a personal side it's it's a challenge to me to what can i achieve right yeah. what it's a the days of me throwing a ball or doing any other type of competitive sports style are probably out the window. So at least I can still compete with myself on this run. So, um, you know, personally pushing myself to the limits and, and seeing what, see what I can do. Um, that's how it all started, really. Just kind of um, me wanting to push the limits and, and Nick kind of motivating me. A marathon. Refresh me how long a marathon is, how many miles a marathon is. So a marathon's uh, 26.2. That's what I thought around 26. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so this is going to be, um, it's, it's a, it's a two, I guess it's a, two days, right? Well, right, so I start at 6.06 AM on, on Saturday morning and then I have 32 hours to finish it. Okay. So you're, you're running straight through. I mean, I'm, I'm most likely going to stop at some point. I got to eat, probably use the restroom. Yeah. Um, and so how it works is, uh, my buddy Matt, old roommate, he actually just had his third kid, so his wife's probably going to kill him. But he's flying down to drive my truck. Him and his brother are coming down, and they're going to drive and stop at uh, like every couple of miles to give me food and um, gels. I was just at Publix buying all kinds of carbs and breads and things like that. Yeah. Um, Man, so I'll we'll we'll see what happens. So. But how so then how the Johnny Mac um yep. fund came about was as I decided to go on this journey of trying to push myself to new limits, right? Of running hundred miles. Um, I thought what better thing to do if I'm gonna push myself than to try and raise as much money for just a mm -hmm. phenomenal cause and for all the Johnny Mac children, for all these raising money for their education. Um and how I found out about the Johnny Mac um, fund was one of my mentors in baseball ORs. So every team has officer representatives and they kind of serve as mentors for the cadets and um, was really close to a lot of them. And um, this uh, Jack Pachuto is, um, he's a grad. He's the um, gentleman I'm referring to. He's one of my mentors and his wife, who's also a grad, she's 86 grad she's classmates with Johnny Mac. So okay. she, she actually runs the fund. So I, I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple of their galas and just see the phenomenal work they're doing. I mean, I got a chance to meet some of the, the kids, um, you know, the scholars who have benefited from the foundation. And I thought to myself, wow, this is, as so I reached out to Mary Ellen and I said, you know, could I, I'm, I'm doing this is what I'm doing this crazy hundred mile race but I'd love if you guys would let me to try and raise as much money and awareness for the fund um, as possible. So, I mean, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Johnny Mac um, fund, but essentially Johnny Mac was killed in action. He was an 86 grad. Yep. And so it all started with um, his classmates kind of coming together to raise money for Johnny Mac's children to go to school. So it kind of started off small, just as, as we talk about, like everyone, Really, you know, West Point, we all take care of our own, right? And yeah. this was a special bond we have. And since that was the impetus of how it all started, and now it's grown where 
I mean, thousands of kids have benefited from from the charity, and um, it's just it's awesome. I mean, to give to give um, the gift of education to these to kids, and not only to just kids, but kids whose um, you know are the the parents paid the ultimate sacrifice are now disabled veterans. Um, yeah. It's pretty amazing. So that's how I got um, involved, and that's um, you know motivates me even more that in about less than two days, I got a hundred miles. I got to finish because um, we're raising, and we've been able to raise, um, you know, a decent amount of money. I mean, I think any, any amount of money is great. Yeah. Um, and as far as donating, I don't know, can we put the link I, on YouTube? Absolutely. If you send me the link, I'll put it in the bio on the bottom. And if you want okay. right now, also, um, if you want to just tell people how they can donate and I'll, and I'll, and I'll also, um, put it on my Twitter page, the link also on how they can donate um, and, and give, and give back to the, to the Johnny Mac fund. Yeah, I will. Um, I have a link kind of geared towards my, my race. I can, we can attach that, but if people just want to go to um, it's Johnny dot org, J O H N N Y M A C dot org. And just check it out. I mean, I know a lot of people, we were talking about this earlier, but a lot of people already have foundations they give to yeah. or, um, you know, money they give. So even if you can't give any money and which is fine, if, just feel free to go to the website, check it out and just spread the word. Um, I mean, knowledge is power and the more awareness we can raise, um, the better. So, uh, we, we had on Markel Broughton. He's a safety on the army football team. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm I'm a um I'm a big I'm I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm a diehard football fan too. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is his mom now. Oh, is that his mom? We had her on our podcast on Sunday for the special yeah, mother's I saw team. That. Yeah. What an amazing woman, right? And now she she's saying awesome. right now the Army football moms will donate to support your cause. So I mean uh, I love it. That's awesome. I'll, I'll um send you the link. Want me to send it to you, Sal, so you can post it? Yep, absolutely. Send it to me. I'll post it. I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, get it into her hands. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is amazing. You know, I want to go back a little bit on uh, your traveling, right? You you you're world traveler, but we got this is the, the seriousness of you know what you're doing this weekend and, and the message that you're sending, right? I mean, yeah. the message that's out there is it, it, it's it, it's it's definitely something that man, you wish um. Man, I wish I I, I I wish I do stuff like that, that just to raise awareness for great causes like that. I mean, it's incredible what you're doing, and you know, man, just to say that you have a, you have a hundred miles ahead of you. But like you said, no doubt there's enough motivation with that Johnny Mac Soldiers Fund to get you through those those yeah. tough miles at the end, right? Yeah, um, believe it. I'm excited. I'm excited for the challenge, and uh, like I said, I've never run that far before. The, the longest I did on the train up was like a 47 miles. So it was like a 10 hour race. Okay. Um, but a lot of it's mental. So, um, yeah. you know, I was able to get through West point and, and, um, do okay there. So I, I feel good. I'll be able to, to, to finish this thing and rate and we'll do it for the Johnny Mac fund. No doubt. The closers mentality, right? You have that closers mentality. We're going to get it done. Sal. we're going to find a way. Awesome, man. Well, it's been great catching up with you. We'll talk about your world traveling days on another podcast, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I really, um, thanks so much for letting me come on. You know, I was, um, it was total sincerity when I messaged you. So it was kind of things are meant to happen. Right. So yeah. I was on LinkedIn 
I had just done a post for the the run, the foundation, and um, on the feed, your name popped up. I was like, oh, so, and I really, and I saw we weren't connected on LinkedIn. Yeah. And you know, um, uh, that was right after Mother's Day, because before Mother's Day, my mom had sent me an article that you had written about me, and she's like. Uh, well, this just came to mind. And then so I, I read the article and then you came about um, on LinkedIn. It was kind of funny how everything works out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome. great, great to come on. No doubt. It was awesome. And we'll, we'll get that uh, link. Um, we'll put it in the bio of this uh, on YouTube and I'll get it on uh, social media. We'll get it on my uh, Twitter, uh, my account and Black Knight Nation. And uh, man, all the best to you this weekend. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be contacting you maybe uh, next week. Uh, early next week to see if everything went okay, you know, and stuff. And, yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, we'll stay in touch, man. You're a football fan. You know, we were looking for an analyst. We're looking for post-game analysts once the season starts. So, you know. Oh, are you? I, I mean. I, I uh, yeah, I'm a diehard um, Army football fan. Still really close with a lot of those, um, you know, the guys who played. Um, every year we try to go. A photo from the promo is actually Army Michigan. So I go to all the oh, nice. always go to the big ones, every big away game, you know, at Oklahoma, um, yeah. wherever it may be. Um, so yeah, let me know. I I, uh, I I can't thank you enough for letting me get on here and spread the word of of what we're doing over here for the Johnny Mac Fund. And um, yeah, we're excited. Um, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Great catching up with you, Mylon. We'll do it again soon. And guys, if you, uh, again, we'll have the link in the bio and we'll get the link out for how you can uh, donate um, and support the Johnny Mac Soldiers Fund that Mylon's going to do the ultra marathon this weekend on. And you can follow us on um, all podcast platforms. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon. You can um, ask Amazon, uh, ask, ask, ask Alexa. Uh, Black Knight Nation podcast, play the Black Knight Nation podcast with Mylon Dinga, and you'll be able to hear the Black Knight Nation podcast on your Pretty Alexa. Cool. Yeah, so it's awesome. Mylon, thanks a lot. We'll catch up with you soon. All the best on this weekend. So thanks a lot. Have a great weekend, okay? You too. All right, thanks. Bye.